0: Well, I'm Christopher Brown. I'm the author of Tropic of Kansas, Rule of Capture failed state and you can find more about me and my work at Brown.com.
1: this is the continuing episode of a series with christopher brown author of Lyrely science fiction the series started with episode 152 what are the unique elements, the fingerprints of a Christopher Brown novel?
0: Yeah, great question. And a fun one to kind of talk about. You know, there are all those rules you're supposed to, you know, like, to not talk about the work in a way. But I think it's fun to talk about kind of what, what the what the recipe is. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think, you know, one, these are works of speculative fiction, that try very hard to be grounded in a species of a kind of speculative realism. I really try to make these imaginary worlds up from the material of the real world and to populate them with real people and to like have the people have experiences that are in line with my own experiences in life or those of others I've known and the places to be places that are kind of are real to me or that I've seen and the situations to be real. To kind of put a funhouse mirror up to the real world, if you will, in a way that can be fun, but can also kind of tell the truth. If you think about what it's, you know, the things you see when you look in in a slightly distorted mirror. And so, uh, you know, they're character-driven, they're idea-driven at the same time, with uh, hopefully a kind of a big counterfactual or an inversion, and... You know, and they're kind of gritty. They're often adventurous or uh, noir, and hopefully end up with a pretty tight plot. Even though that's not something that kind of comes natural to me, I want the reader to be really like kind of pulled through the book, right? Without really, you know, and and I think the books mostly succeed in that. And then when they're done, when they put the book down, to be like, have the ideas that the book's conveying hopefully without being too didactic about it, right? Hopefully kind of through subtext, if you will, or through the kind of other layers of the story to be resonating with them so that then they look at the world around them and realize that, oh, you know, this world around us actually is kind of like the world of that book. And to kind of be thinking about the ways in their own lives they might be able to be helping find their way to the possibility of a better future because, that also is the other thing that I think is a fingerprint of these books, if you will, of a, of a key characteristic that I tend to, maybe it's the lawyerly cynicism or the journalist cynicism. I tend to paint a pretty bleak vision of the world. I, when Tropic of Kansas came came out, two different reviewers called it the feel-bad book of the summer. <laughs> At least one called it the brilliant feel-bad book of the summer. <laughs> and so, and it's true, I mean, I kind of like try to, show the darkest some of the darker things of life in order to bring them into more relief in order to try to like bring our attention to them but at the same time to be like driven by uh, an active search for a more hopeful possibility of kind of you know you like you got to look at the darkest things to find your way to the light
1: mm. nice nice wow yeah that was, that was a lot of deep depth in that i'm also realizing so so i'm Talking to you from the Woodlands, Texas. You're in Austin, Texas. Yeah. I was sharing earlier before we were recording that I was from the the north of the states, and you are also from the north of the states.
0: Yeah, I grew up in Iowa.
1: Oh, there we are.
0: Yeah, and I went to high school in New Hampshire and went to college in Louisiana and spent a lot of time living on the East Coast, mostly in the D.C. area, but spent a lot of time in New York in that time and spent a lot of time overseas, including a year in England. But moved to Texas kind of as a young dad and in my early 30s to a place that I really had no idea of what was here. I had spent a little time here. I had a girlfriend in college who was from San Antonio. And my one trip here with her made me think of Texas as like frat boys and Jeeps, basically. That was kind of like said, Texas. That would be the <laughs> I first thought image this, too. Would come.
1: Totally thought this, too. Even today, I think it's holding up.
0: <laughs> I think, well, because there still are a lot of frat boys and Jeeps in Texas. They're like little like Republican rich kids who like who also secretly want to get high with Willie. You know, that's kind of like, that's like the essence of Texas. And I came here partly because not only because it was a promising career path for a young technology lawyer but also because I was starting to write science fiction then and there was this vibrant science fiction literary community kind of statewide and especially in Austin and uh, not long after I got here I got to meet writers like like Don Webb and and Bruce Sterling and uh, who became a, a good friend and kind of an early mentor And through Bruce, I met, uh, I did meet William Gibson eventually. And I think he, I don't know that he ever lived in Texas. He spent a lot of time here. And it was at ArmadilloCon, the Austin Science Fiction Convention, that was kind of the, that these guys would all gather and kind of trade notes on what they were trying to do with the work. And I once heard a story of how they were in a hotel room here and came up with the name Cyberpunk and had an argument about whether they should use such a name for fear that it would pigeonhole them forever. And I'll, 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 I'll leave it to them to tell the stories of who was on what side of that and who won. But well, yeah, Texas is like a weirdly stimulating place to be after, especially after you've been here for a while and can kind of soak it in. This is kind of like living in the future in the sense of what climate change probably feels like. I mean, we kind of have it on every front. You know, we're both creating climate change right? Through right. the, you know, petrochemical industry that, like, you know, my house is on the site. There used to be a petroleum pipeline running through it, and I had to, like, get get Chevron to remove it so I could build my house. And stuff is sort of everywhere around us. And just, like, mixed in with wild nature, like, that's a really kind of primordial wild nature in a way that's kind of trippy. And also with, uh, yeah, and we've got, you know, we've got the space business. Now we've got the commercial space business. We have all the superstorms you could and you know, drowned cities you could ever want to see. Right. And yet we also have the kind of primitive past in high relief, because one of the things you I came to realize at least, or came to perceive, maybe others would argue whether I'm right or not, living in Texas is that I realize how much I'm really living in like colonized space. Cause you can really see the like layers of colonization around you you like when you you know as a midwestern kid and you get to know some of your neighbors who would be people you have been taught to categorize as mexican or mexican american or chicano and you like get to know them and you learn that they're they've often or people who self identify as indigenous to this continent and like it kind of really changes how you perceive the you know the landscape the demographic landscape around you and the political and social landscape and the history of conquest It's like right in front of you and the way Texans like Anglo Texans in particular, kind of proudly, I mean, they're raised on this. I mean, it's the only state I've ever lived in that has its own creation myth, (laughs) you know, and has, you know, a national dress and cuisine and music and everything to go with it. And, and it's kind of all about, it's like that come and take it, flag the uh, the Gonzales battle flag or whatever <laughs> it's like literally like a flag they put up to taunt these people they were fighting with right it's sort of i don't know uh it embodies a lot of those things and then uh, those things about the the history of the land on which we live and the kind of the blood that's in the soil around you and now it's all kind of like mostly under control but it really lets you see how that's an ongoing thing. And when you read about some gentrification battle near your home in the newspaper, you can see it in the context of
1: <laughs> the state level pride is like dialed up quite pretty high. Like a nice uh, um, bullet point for that is when they move the space shuttle from the the, the, te- the, the testing space shuttle, the prototype space shuttle from uh, Cape canaveral they moved it here they had to rename it and of course the name they picked for it was independence so it's like wow <laughs> we're just gonna like keep stamping that out and uh, you know all, all over everything to to really I, I guess really it's a branding a self-branding that's happening uh, constantly
0: well and then you know and then you know the the other part of the primitive past that's everywhere that's also like the apocalyptic future is just like the ubiquity of guns and kind of this open carry culture and the kind of like the the self-help kind of aspect of the libertarian political and legal culture. And it's sort of easy to come up with legions of seemingly apocalyptic militia types, as I did in Traffic of Kansas, when they're basically, you see them at the gas station every day. <laughs> right.
1: However you found Sci-Fi Thoughts, be it iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast aggregation services, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and do us a favor. Go to wherever you get this podcast and leave us a review, even clicking a few stars. And this will help out the show in many ways. We've got goodies in the show notes. So you can just crack open your podcast player and tap on this episode and you will see goodies such as links to Christopher Brown's website. You don't know what show notes are or how to find them? If you're not using a podcast player, just go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3 and there you will see the notes for the show. Next episode, more Christopher Brown. Recently you had some, some some pretty interesting news that failed state was nominated for a PK Dick Award. What do you think captured the interest of the of the committee?